you were married to a guy who was much older than you. You ended up being his fourth wife and his last marriage ended pretty messy. But you were very hopeful for your future with him. That was until he changed. He started treating you differently. He started acting a certain way towards you that you just didn't like and you were ready to leave. But he was not gonna let you go that easy. And little do you know, you were going to disappear under very suspicious circumstances and nobody would know what happened to you. Hello, my fellow divers, and welcome back to another episode of Crime Dive, where we take a deep dive into crime. I'm your host, Lexi. Thank you so much for listening and watching. If you're new, welcome to the water. We're so happy to have you. If you're returning, welcome back to the water. We missed you, and thank you for coming back to take another deep dive into crime with us. So we have a few new things that we've added into our episode description, if you're watching on YouTube, as well as listening on podcast platforms. So I have actually decided to start a general case request form that you guys can fill out. That way, if there's a certain in case that you want to hear about you can go ahead and request it and I'll do my best to cover it. Now there are certain cases that I'm not allowed to cover on YouTube because they have a lot of rules. Podcast platforms it would be fine but because I do both I have to follow those rules because I don't want to get banned. Now if you're into true crime you probably watch Kendall Ray. I absolutely love her. I love the way she covers cases. I love how respectful she is because there's really no other way to be and she is a big reason why I cover cases the way I do because she is so respectful and so thoughtful towards the victims. And I just honestly think there's no other way to be as a true crime YouTuber because we do talk about really, really heavy stuff. I've also decided to input a victim's advocate form similar to hers if you're familiar with her channel. If you are a family member of a victim, you can fill out a request form specific for your family member or a loved one that you've lost. So that way I can do my best to cover the case and get coverage on my channel. Now I know I still have a pretty small channel, but I do hope that it will grow one day. And I feel like this is the place to start by helping people get their family members stories out there if they feel like they're not getting enough coverage. That's really what I want to do and that's the whole reason I started this channel in the first place. So yeah, a few new additions. I'm also going to be starting memberships where you can become an official diver, meaning early access to videos. You can use special emojis and loyalty badges as an official diver. I'm going to get all that set up for you guys and I will make a community post on my YouTube when it's officially active and live. So be on the lookout for that. We have a lot of new things coming and I'm looking forward to you all experiencing them. Today we're going to be talking about the very mysterious disappearance of Stacy Peterson. This case to this day is still so insane to me. I never understand how people can just go missing and no one knows where they are. For years, I never, it's just that, I don't know why I can't wrap my head around that because I couldn't imagine knowing somebody who was just here one day, gone the next, and nobody knows what happened to them. But with that, let's get right into the case. Stacey Peterson was born on January 20th, 1984 in Downers Grove, Illinois. Her parents' names were Christy and Anthony. Unfortunately, Stacey's childhood was absolutely marred by tragedy. She lost two of her siblings before she even turned 15. And to deal with death at such a young age like that is probably so life altering. But probably one of the most crazy things that happened in Stacey's childhood was the fact that her mother disappeared without a trace. She was on her way to church and she never came home. And to this day, they still have never heard from or seen her again. And they have no idea what happened to her. And this happened while Stacy was still a child and this devastated her completely. Her father was kind of absent and he wasn't really around, wasn't a great support system for the kids dealing with something so tragic and life altering. Stacy attended the Joliet Community College after graduating high school to become a nurse because she really 
wanted to help people. She was so sweet, so kind and caring, and she was just a caretaker. In 2001, when Stacy was 17 years old, she ended up meeting a veteran cop, 47-year-old Drew Peterson. And yes, I said 47. Drew worked on the force longer than Stacy had been alive. They met at a local hotel while she was working a night shift, and they hit it off, despite their 30-year age gap. She was even younger than some of Drew's children from his first marriage, which I could not imagine dating people who were younger than my kids. If I had kids, I don't have kids, but I just couldn't begin to imagine what that would be like. It's probably so awkward, but they didn't think their age gap was an issue. Now, surprisingly enough, Drew was actually already married when he met Stacy to his third wife, Kathleen Savio. And they ended up having an affair behind her back. And Kathleen did not know for a really long time, but that was until she received an anonymous letter letting her know that Drew had a secret girlfriend behind her back who was very, very young. Literally sounds like an episode of Jersey Shore where Kathleen finds out that Drew's cheating from an anonymous letter. It literally sounds like Sam and Ron where Sookie and Jenny wrote her the anonymous letter to let her know that Ron was cheating on her and that everybody knew except for her. So once Kathleen found out about this, she was obviously heartbroken, couldn't believe that her husband of nine years was cheating with somebody who was a teenager. So Kathleen ended up confronting Drew and he didn't deny it. And she was like, I'm done with you. I want a divorce. This is over. And he was like, okay. And with that, their nine year marriage came to an end. Drew ended up moving out to a house just a block down the road. And this made Kathleen pretty uncomfortable. She was like, why did you move so close to me? He said that he did it to make it easier to see his kids, but he also said that he did it to watch her, which I don't know why you wanna watch her when you clearly already have other priorities that were worth breaking up your marriage over, but okay. And pretty soon, Drew moved Stacy into his new house just a block and a half away from Kathleen's home with her and Drew's children. Shortly after Stacy moved into Drew's house, she ended up getting pregnant and Drew wanted to go tell Kathleen this and let her know Stacy was pregnant and that they were going to get married and he needed a divorce from her. Kathleen was sick to the core, could not believe that Drew and Stacy were moving so fast and they weren't even divorced yet but she agreed to give him a quickie divorce, meaning that they were gonna get divorced on paper so that way Drew could marry Stacy and they would deal with the financial side of things later. And within two weeks of the divorce being final, Drew and Stacy got married in a very private, small, intimate wedding. One of Stacy's sisters, Cassandra, was in attendance and Drew's oldest son, Stephen, was in attendance, as well as their new baby boy, Anthony. So Drew and Stacy continued to live their life of so-called wedded bliss, a block and a half away from Drew's ex-wife. And it was pretty awkward and there were a lot of issues, but we'll get into all of that later. By Sunday, October 28th of 2007, Stacy was 23 years old. That day, she was set to go to her brother's house to help him paint and she was gonna meet up with some other family members there and they were gonna go and help her brother. But Stacy never showed up. Her family began calling her, trying to figure out where she was, but she wasn't answering the phone, which just wasn't like her. Eventually, word got around the family that Stacy was missing. Nobody had seen or heard from her and couldn't figure out where she was. At around 4 a.m. the following morning, her family decided to report her missing to the Bolingbroke Police Department. 
According to Drew, he was the last person to see her. He claimed that she woke him up that morning, letting him know that she was going to her brother's house to help paint. And she left wearing a red jogger suit. By the time she was gone, he had already fallen back asleep. And when he woke up, she wasn't there anymore. Drew also revealed that Stacy had actually called him the night she went missing at around 9 p.m., letting him know that she was leaving him for another man. And Stacy said, I left the car at the airport and I'm gone. The airport was actually within walking distance of Drew and Stacy's home so he went and got the car and he was just a little bit confused as to what was going on. So it was pretty interesting that he heard from Stacy after she had gone missing and hadn't been seen or heard from by her family members but Drew said yeah she called me told me she was leaving me for another man. People were just completely shocked by this. Drew also said that Stacy took $25,000 in cash from their home with her in order to go start a new life with this guy. This sounded pretty odd to Stacy's family because they knew that she wouldn't just leave without saying anything, especially to her kids. Stacy would never leave her kids behind. She would have taken them with her wherever she'd gone because by this point she had two kids by Drew, Anthony and Lacey, and she would not have left them there by themselves. But Drew said this is not far-fetched. Stacy's been depressed for a long time. Time. Just a few months before she went missing, she ended up losing another sibling. And she was so heartbroken by this that she had to be placed under psychiatric evaluation and be given medication for her issues. Now this was all according to Drew. So he said he wasn't surprised that she just did something so impulsive. And it was around this time when Drew was being questioned by police in the hours of Stacy going missing that he revealed to them that Stacy's mother, Christy, had also up and left the family when they were younger. They said that, yeah, she vanished without a trace too and she left the family for another man. And just like her mother, Stacy's doing the same exact thing. But we don't know if that's why Stacy's mom disappeared. This is all according to Drew and he very well could not know what the hell he's talking about. But like I said, Stacy's family just knew that she would never leave her kids behind for anybody. So this story sounded odd to them. Within a few hours of Stacy's story getting out there, it became national news. People were absolutely fixated on her story because it had all the elements of a very scandalous case. The older guy, the younger girl, she had left him for another man, according to him. She was his fourth wife, not to mention Stacy was absolutely beautiful. So there were a lot of things in this case that made it very scandalous and the public absolutely ate it up. Even though Drew told police that Stacy left on her own, police still decided to search for her as if she had been taken against her will. They didn't want to leave any stone unturned. They searched local bodies of water, they searched through the woods, anywhere that someone may want to conceal somebody, but they found nothing. They decided to get search warrants for Drew and Stacy's home, and they wanted to look for emails, plane tickets, transactions, bank accounts, anything like that that may indicate that Stacy was planning on leaving, but they didn't find anything. They even brought cadaver dogs into the home in order to pick up the scent of a body but they didn't find anything significant. So Drew was cleared as a suspect. Police decided to look into what may have been going on in Drew and Stacy's lives before Stacy went missing, since whatever was going on in the present day didn't seem to be very clear to them. And it was then that they found out just how much tension and fighting had been going on between Drew and his former wife, Kathleen Savio. They found that there were so many issues between the two and that it was really getting bad to the point where the police were actually called eight times to Kathleen's home. Every time her and Drew interacted with one another, there was always some sort of altercation, whether it be verbal or sometimes physical. Kathleen told police in a report that Drew had actually broke into her home one night wearing all 
black. And he put a knife to her throat, threatening to kill her. Things were getting so bad between the two of them. Kathleen was obviously heartbroken over the fact that Drew left her for somebody much younger and Drew couldn't stand the fact that Kathleen still cared about it. So there was a lot of bitterness between the two of them given the way their relationship ended. And Drew was becoming very violent with Kathleen. She kept reporting the abuse to law enforcement, but with Drew being a cop, they definitely looked the other way. It seemed like he was getting away with a lot of things. But just four months after Drew and Stacy got married, tragedy struck. On March 1st of 2004, Kathleen Savio was found dead in the bathtub of her home. According to Drew, he said that he dropped the kids off after a visitation with him for the weekend, but when he knocked on the door, there was no answer. He didn't understand why Kathleen wasn't answering, but he decided to get some of her neighbors to go into her house to make sure she was okay. By the time they got to her bathroom, they found her body and she was gone. Kathleen was found naked with her hair matted with blood and a one inch gash on the back of her head. There were no substances found in her system and she had no underlying diseases. Police believed that she slipped and fell in the bathtub and hit her head so hard that she became unconscious, which allowed her to drown in the bathtub, which ultimately ended her life. So her death was ruled an accidental drowning and the case was closed. This was a very shocking twist to what happened to Kathleen, especially considering all of the abuse that she had been experiencing from Drew right before she died. And this definitely didn't make Drew look very good. I mean, between all the issues they were having and now she's dead and now you have another wife who's missing, definitely a red flag. If this already didn't make Drew look bad, he was going to make himself look much worse. He appeared on the Larry King live show while Stacy was missing in order to get the word out about what was going on. But when Larry King asked Drew where he thought Stacy was, the first thing Drew said was, Stacy loves male attention. So he was trying really hard to sell this story of Stacy left with another man. He didn't want America to feel bad for her or think that she was missing and in danger because she had left on her own, according to him. But it was just very weird that he said such deprecating comments about her while she was gone. Not to mention, Drew was being pretty inappropriate in the media. He was making a lot of jokes, he was messing with the press, to the point where it was just becoming pretty inappropriate. It was almost like he was being a child who just didn't know how to act in front of cameras. Please go home. Thanksgiving's the next couple days. Please go home. Please leave me alone. Please don't get involved in my little world. <laughs> What I want to talk about is I'm going to come camp myself in front of your house and see if you like it. What's going on today? What's going on today? Yes. We went to McDonald's. Okay. We had Happy Meals and McRib sandwiches. How's that? <laughs> People who knew Drew said that he was just a funny guy and this was how he dealt with things. But this isn't a funny situation. The mother of your children is missing. And even if she did leave for another man, you should still be sad because now your wife is gone and your kids don't have their mother. But he was treating it all like it was one big joke. And every time people who knew Drew asked him where he thought Stacy was, he would always say the same thing. She's where she wants to be. Once Stacy disappeared, police decided that they should probably look into Kathleen Savio's death a little bit closer. So they started looking at her and Drew's relationship before they got divorced and he married Stacy. Drew and Kathleen, they met while Drew was married to his second wife. And of course, just like he did with Stacy, he cheated on his second wife with Kathleen and they began dating, they got married and they had children. According to people who knew them, their relationship was perfect in the beginning. But after Kathleen gave birth to their second child, things started to go downhill. 
uphill. Drew became verbally, physically, and emotionally abusive towards Kathleen. He would call her ugly, he would call her crazy, he would make fun of her appearance, like he just wasn't a good partner to her all around. One time they had a fight that was so bad, Kathleen ended up having to go to the hospital because Drew had physically abused her. And she ended up filing a restraining order against him because things were just getting really, really bad. Police also found out about a conversation that Kathleen had had with her lawyer right before she died. She was discussing the terms of her divorce with Drew and they began speaking about the financial part of things, which had yet to be settled at the time. And her lawyer said, well, good thing you're gonna get his pension, which I guess is a thing when you're married to somebody in law enforcement or the military. I don't know too much about it, but I think if you get divorced, you get that person's pension, which is their retirement money. And her lawyer was just reassuring her of this, but Kathleen said, there's no way I'm going to get his pension. He will kill me first. And she literally said to her lawyer, quote, he said that he would kill me and make it look like an accident, meaning that she was going to die before she would ever get his pension. And of course, just a few weeks later, she was dead. Police knew that they definitely had something here that they should further investigate. And after looking at evidence photos of Kathleen's body and the bathtub that she was found in, they realized that the bathtub was dry. Don't know how she could have slipped in it, or drowned in it if there was no water in it. It was completely dry. And then they post the theory, maybe she had passed away long after she had been found. And by that point, all the water had already drained from the tub, but the tub was completely dry. Usually if you shower or take a bath, even if the tub is drained, it's still wet. But Kathleen's wasn't, it was completely dry. They also noticed the way Kathleen's body lie in the bathtub. And it almost looked as if she was placed in there, like her toes and her feet were jammed against the side of the tub. It didn't look like she fell. It looked like somebody wedged her in there after she had passed. They also noticed a lot of bruising on her body that just wasn't consistent with a fall. Police felt like they had enough evidence to officially reopen Kathleen Savio's death investigation. And on November 13th, 2007, they ended up exhuming her body so they could find even more evidence as to what really happened to her. And it didn't take long for them to eventually rule her death to be a homicide with Drew Peterson as their prime suspect. Around the time Kathleen's body was exhumed, Stacy had been missing for two weeks and police decided to make Drew an official suspect in her disappearance as well. Police spoke to Stacy's family to see if they could attest to what her and Drew's relationship was like right before she disappeared. And they said that Stacy desperately wanted to leave Drew. She was tired of him. She couldn't take the relationship anymore and she wanted out. Just a week before she disappeared, according to her family, she had packed Drew's stuff up and told him to leave the home. She said, I'm done with you. Get out, I don't want anything to do with you or this marriage anymore. Turns out Drew had become emotionally and verbally abusive to Stacy too. He would call her ugly all the time, saying that she wasn't pretty, which is ridiculous because Stacy was absolutely gorgeous. And the fact that she believed what he was saying to the point where she would get surgery, she got procedures done in order to make herself look prettier, is so sad that he broke her confidence down that much. And despite the fact that Drew would tell Stacy how ugly she was, he was a very jealous person. He wouldn't let her go anywhere alone because he knew that other people thought Stacy was beautiful. He would watch her, he would follow her, she couldn't do anything by herself, and he would constantly accuse her of cheating, which is really ironic considering the fact that he's cheated 
on every wife he's ever had with the next one. But that's something that cheaters do. Pay attention to that in your life if you're listening and watching. They accuse you of cheating because they know what they're doing behind your back and how good they are at hiding it. As police continue to speak to people who know Drew and Stacy, they end up finding out a lot of very interesting information. They questioned Drew's stepbrother, a man named Tom Morphy, and he told police that one day Drew picked him up from his house and brought him back to the home that he shared with Stacy, and he had him help him carry a blue barrel out to his car. Now Tom says he has no idea what Drew did with the barrel, but he believes that Stacy was inside of it. Not long after this, Tom ended up attempting to take his own life by taking a bunch of substances. Luckily, he survived and he woke up in the hospital a few days later. But when he woke up in the hospital, Drew was standing over top of him, which is something like you would hear out of a horror movie. I guess Drew was pretty upset that Tom went to the police with this information and he wanted to be the first person there to see Tom when he opened his eyes, I guess as a way to intimidate him. Now police were never actually able to find a blue barrel anywhere, but it almost seemed like Tom was telling the truth because why would you admit this information and then attempt to take your own life right afterwards, unless you were saying something that you knew was gonna be pretty damaging. Now in a shocking but not so shocking twist, Drew ended up meeting another woman, 24 year old Christina Reigns, and he ended up getting engaged to her while he was still married to Stacy. And Stacy is still missing and he's worried about life number five. They ended up going on the Today Show on Valentine's Day of 2009, speaking about their love and how, oh, Christina thinks Drew's innocent, blah, 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 blah. But of course that relationship didn't end up working out and they split up not too long after. It's like Drew just has this weird affinity for finding as many wives as he can in a lifetime. It's so weird. I mean, why are you worried about getting married again when you already have a wife who's missing? Focus on your kids. But after all the evidence that was stacked up against Drew over the past year and a half, they felt that they had enough to arrest him. And 18 months after Stacy disappeared, Drew Peterson was arrested for the murder of Kathleen Savio. Now they didn't have enough evidence to arrest him for Stacy's disappearance, but he was still a suspect in it and they were still investigating it. Now this was shocking for people to hear because they never thought that Drew was actually gonna go down for Kathleen's murder, specifically because he was a cop and he had been getting away with things for a while. But Drew finally was going to have his day of reckoning where he was gonna have to answer for what he may have done. Now, one thing about this case was the fact that it was largely circumstantial. There was actually no forensic evidence placing Drew at Kathleen's house the weekend she died, but the prosecution still believed that they had more than enough to convict him. So they went ahead with the case. At the trial, they referenced the timing of her death being conveniently before she was supposed to get Drew's pension money, as well as statements that were given by Kathleen and Stacy before they either died or disappeared. Now hearsay statements are not normally allowed in court, but given the circumstances of the case and the fact that there wasn't a lot of forensic evidence, the judge actually allowed this. So they went ahead and people who knew Kathleen and Stacy ended up testifying on their behalf about things that they revealed right before they went missing or died. According to Kathleen's sister, the weekend before she died, they were on the phone and Kathleen just said to her, you know, Drew told me that he was gonna kill me and make it look like an accident. And I honestly think he might do it. And as we all know, just a week later, she was dead and police ruled in an accident. But the most damning testimony was given by Pastor Neil Shorey, a local pastor who actually counseled Drew and Stacy 
during their troubled marriage. Pastor Neil got on the stand and testified to the court that he had met up with Stacy a few weeks before she disappeared alone and they were talking over coffee. And it was at that moment that Stacy revealed to Neil that she believed Drew killed Kathleen. According to Neil, he said that Stacy told him Drew came home one night dressed in all black and he was putting women's clothing in the washer that wasn't hers. Stacy looked at him and said, where were you? And she said Drew was just like, you know where I was. At that moment, Drew sat her down and said, the police are going to come here in a few hours and they're going to question you. So he decided to coach her on what to say to them when they got there. And Stacy said that she said what he told her to say to them because she was terrified. Stacy had revealed all of this to Pastor Neil right before she disappeared. Obviously this made Drew look awful. And even though it was hearsay and couldn't be confirmed, but given what happened to Stacy and the fact that she's now missing, it seems to hold some weight. The defense decided to call in Kathleen Savio's lawyer, Harry Smith, oddly enough, to testify on their behalf. Now you may be wondering why would they call Kathleen's lawyer to the stand to testify for Drew when Drew is on trial for murdering Kathleen? Well, according to the defense, they believed that they could get Harry Smith to testify to make it seem like Stacy was trying to get money out of Drew before she disappeared, which is why she was telling all these stories about Drew killing Kathleen. Turns out Stacy had actually gone to Kathleen Savio's lawyer right before she went missing because she wanted a divorce from Drew too. So they both were using the same divorce lawyer for the same guy, which is kind of interesting. And Harry recalled a conversation that he had with Stacy just days before she went missing. And according to Harry, Stacy said, how much money could I get out of this divorce if I tell police how Drew killed Kathleen. Harry testified this on the stand, but the defense looked at him and said, wait, don't you mean she asked she could get more money if she told police Drew killed Kathleen? And Harry said, no, she never questioned whether or not Drew killed Kathleen. She said she could tell police how he did it, not if he did it, which made what Stacy was saying sound a little more credible. There was never a question that Drew killed Kathleen. She was gonna offer up how he did it not if he did it. And this is not what the defense wanted. They wanted Stacey to look like she was lying about Drew killing Kathleen in order to make it look like she was just trying to get money. But no, if anything, she was gonna reveal more information in order to get that money. And this is not what the defense wanted to hear, but unfortunately they called the wrong witness to the stand because this witness ended up making Stacey look more credible. And it was these statements that ended up getting Drew convicted. On September 6, 2012, Drew Peterson was found guilty of the murder of his third wife, Kathleen Savio. In February of the following year, he was sentenced to 38 years in prison. Now I'm sure you're wondering, did Stacy tell Pastor Neil how he killed Kathleen? According to Neil, yeah, she did. But for whatever reason, this wasn't allowed in court. But according to Pastor Neil, Stacy told him that he went into Kathleen's home dressed in all black and he hit her over the head with his police baton, killing her. After that, he placed her naked body in the bathtub in order to make it look like she fell. And it worked. And according to Pastor Neil, Stacy said that Drew told her, if you say everything I tell you to say to police, this will be the perfect crime. And honestly, it probably would have been the perfect crime had Stacy not gone missing. But once she did, police knew there was something going on there and they had to look further into Kathleen's death. And what they found was shocking. Drew being sentenced to 38 years, given the fact that he was in his mid fifties at the time, he'll most likely be in prison for the rest of his life. During his sentencing, he screamed at the court saying that he did not kill Kathleen. I did not kill Kathleen! 
and he blamed the prosecution for setting him up, even going so far as to personally call out lead prosecutor Jim Glasgow, telling him that it was all his fault that he was going to have to spend the rest of his life in prison. Just two years later, Drew ended up appealing his conviction, and he might have actually had a good chance of his conviction being thrown out because there wasn't a lot of forensic evidence, but Drew completely ruined these chances. He was back in the news once again a few years later for trying to put a hit out on lead prosecutor Jim Glasgow. Jim Glasgow had received a letter from an inmate who was serving time with Drew, telling him that Drew tried to pay him $10,000 to kill him. And of course, Jim's like, what the hell, this is crazy. So the FBI gets in touch with this inmate and they have him record conversations while he's speaking to Drew in order to catch him in the act. Now Drew never actually said the words, hey, I want you to murder this guy, but Antonio was literally saying, so you want me to go ahead and kill him? Is that what you want? And Drew said, okay, all right, I'm in. From the first time we talked about it, there was no turning back. Antonio was saying the words and Drew was agreeing with them. He was like, yeah, right, that's exactly what I want. And of course, as soon as these tapes were turned over to FBI, Drew ended up being charged with two counts of solicitation of murder. Of course, he was found guilty of these two charges and given an additional 40 years to his sentence, meaning any chance he had of getting out was gone. In May of 2021, Stacy's sister Cassandra decided to rent a high-tech sonar vehicle that could be used underwater, and she did this in order to look for her sister's body. They searched in a nearby canal, and she ended up finding skeletal remains. She called police out there, had them look, and they did in fact confirm that these were skeletal remains. But the remains were never tested to figure out whether or not they were Stacy's. And Cassandra was getting really frustrated because there was no sense of urgency in finding out whether or not this was her sister. I mean, police just stopped doing doing anything about it. There was really no movement on the case and she was really, really frustrated with this. Cassandra's definitely undergone a lot of trauma. She's lost a lot of siblings by this point as well as her mother. So I can only imagine how bad she wants to find out what happened to Stacy because they were really, really close. Drew Peterson is now 69 years old and he's still incarcerated, but no one knows where exactly he's incarcerated. It's not public knowledge, I guess for safety reasons. In 2021, he did an interview with Dateline where he continued to perform Profess his innocence and stuck by the fact that he had nothing to do with Stacy's disappearance. He also denied abusing any of his wives, which is just simply untrue, but of course he was gonna come out and say that because he's still trying to make himself look good. Drew's young children are now being raised by his son, Stephen. He's since come out and said that although he and his father were close, he definitely believes that his father is guilty of everything that he's been accused of and convicted of. He knew after a certain point that his father's story just wasn't adding up. I mean, things just weren't making sense. And he doesn't think his father will ever come out and say what really happened. To this day, Stacy remains missing and her family has no idea what happened to her, but they have a pretty strong belief that Drew had something to do with it. I can't imagine not knowing what happened to a family member, to live your entire life just not knowing. I feel like that's mental hell. Stacy has in fact been presumed dead, but to not know what happened to her, how or where she was put is just heartbreaking. Stacy was an amazing young woman. She was bright and she was beautiful and kind and she will be truly loved and missed by her family and her kids forever. But with that, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up today's episode. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you so much for listening and watching, and I hope to see you in the water soon.